when you first came up with this idea, um, this was like a transformational thinking. Was it just an epiphany, like it just hit you, or was it a process that you worked on for, for a long time? Like the whole concept. Right. You know, Sir Isaac Newton said, if, if I've managed to see farther, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. And there are some giants who, who dwarf me, whose shoulders I'm standing on. And, and I would go back to the Columbia House Records or Bob yeah. Stupak. Right. You know, so these principles have been out there. Uh, the reason my first time, first, first time offer failed was uh, a couple reasons. One, I was selling something a lot closer to Columbia House Records, 13 albums for a penny. Right. And <clears throat> for higher ticket items, you, the complexity of your first time offer needs to match the complexity of your product or service. Here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, 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 it's a beautiful day. Yes, indeed, a beautiful day to head to the great Southwest. That's where we're heading today, but before we get into that journey... I'd like you to just take your phone if you have it in the upper right hand corner you could hit one of those three buttons and you could forward this show to a dear friend who may really value the content in this episode. Well my guest today has every reason to be smiling and being happy to be here in this life because he spent six weeks on death's door in a coma in 2021. His amazing wife, Karen, and the staff that was incredible behind him kept things together while he recovered in the hospital, and he's back stronger than ever. He's helping high-ticket B2B service businesses close more deals faster at higher prices than ever using first-time offers that will break your cash register. Who doesn't want that? You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today from the Music City to Salt Lake City to hang out with Craig Andrews. Here we are in Salt Lake City. Uh, Craig Andrews is my guest today. I'm so happy to have Craig here in Salt Lake City. We're having a really great time we're doing masterminding we're doing podcasting and uh craig you have a really exciting business when i read your bio i immediately reached out to you on linkedin because uh i thought what you have built is really something this business or this um space needs uh, so desperately so welcome well thank you it's a delight to be here james yeah so you first came up with this concept of you feel that high ticket purchases are like not being treated with the respect that they deserve as far as from a sales perspective. Is, do I have that correct or? Well, I've, yeah, I've come to the belief that high ticket sales are broken. Okay. The start of it was I was failing at high ticket sales and you know, Karen, who you've met, yes, um, she likes things like food and shelter and, <laughs> and we have some lovely grandkids yeah. that she loves to shower with uh, love and gifts and other things. And, right. and so um, we had a problem. I wasn't selling. And so I had to change something. I mean, and, and fundamentally, I am a horrible, horrible salesperson. I, I've taken all the different trainings. I've tried different things. 
I trot out the lines, I feel a little sleazy while I'm doing it, you know, doing these different choreographs. I never felt good at it. I was never, never was good at it at all. And it wasn't working. And so I had to change something. And it was this concept of doing a first time offer is kind of like a coffee date. And the further I get into it, the more I'm convinced the high ticket sales process is broken. And I think this needs to change. This is, and, and this change is better for the customer. It's better for the seller. Everybody walks away feeling better. Okay, before we get into your process um, of what you came up with to remedy this situation, could you give us an example of what is a terrible approach to high ticket sales? Yeah. In your experience, like what you've seen. Oh, I have a doozy. Yeah, so there's a, there's a managed service provider, MSP, which is managed IT. Okay. And basically, they become your outsourced IT department. And I know of one, this is their offer, and they're trying to cold call their way into it. Work with us. We're going to lock you into a three-year minimum contract with an average contract value of a quarter million dollars. We will take care of you. We promise. <laughs> That's it? That's it. And, you know, so let's break that down a little bit further. The, so they're your managed IT company. That means they have access to all of your files, including the sensitive files, including some of the things that may potentially embarrass you. Yeah. Um, if they do a bad job, maybe somebody comes in, ransomwares your system, and stops production. You know, that's a high trust environment, and they're just trying to do cold sales with a three three year minimum commitment, average contract value of a quarter million dollars. I don't know anybody who thinks lightly about a quarter million dollars. Yeah. And the, and there's just not the trust to do that. And what we would liken that to, it would be like walking into a bar, seeing somebody cute on the other side of the bar, walking up and say, Hey, you know what? You're kind of cute. Can I get your phone number? You know what? Let's just get married. <laughs> not even the I don't need the phone number. We're getting married. Right. I, <laughs> I think these days the kids ask for something else and yeah, that's right. Um, but even that that's, I would say that's bold. Yeah. And, the, you know, and so as a general rule, we don't do that because we know it's inappropriate. Yeah. But for some strange reason, when we change the setting from courtship, you know, between two people that may eventually get married to the setting being business, we do exactly that. We go into these cold relationships and we try to close them on a high ticket sale. The other option is we go in and we spend six months or a year taking them out to dinner, you know, running up the expense report in the hopes that eventually they trust us enough with that, that money. And what we found is if you do this little coffee date concept, this first time offer, yeah, you can build a ton of trust in a short period of time and shorten that high ticket sales cycle. Yeah. So give me an example of how that would work. Is it, um, is it a, online call first? Is it meeting in person? How, like, take me through the process of yeah. that, if you would, please. Yeah. And let me give you an idea of the destination, which hopefully will help your audience connect the dots as we go there. Uh, so years ago, there used to be the, the Columbia House Records that had 13 albums for a penny. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so if you're the type of person looking to build an album collection, this is a great deal. One penny, you get 13 albums down the road. 
And obviously they made a lot of money doing that. Yeah. Uh, but that's a simple offer for a simple product. Uh, a few years later, a guy named Bob Stupak bought a dumpy old hotel at the end of the Vegas Strip, called it Bob Stupak's Vegas World. And it's now known as the Strat, was the Stratosphere. But Bob Stupak ran a special saying, give me $396 and I will give you three days and two nights in one of my deluxe suites. When you arrive, there will be a bottle of champagne waiting for you in your room. Your entire time here, you will not pay for a drink, whether you're gambling or not. Even if you're sitting in one of our lounges enjoying the entertainment, you pay nothing more for your drinks. Not only that, but we will give you $396 of chips to use in our casino. I'm sorry, for, not only that, for your $396, we will give you $600 of chips to use in our casino. So he's charging them three ninety six and giving them six hundred dollars of chips and the hotel stay, and the hotel stay, and a bottle of champagne and all their drinks while they're there. Wow! But he understood something. He understood that people that like to gamble and that like to drink were very profitable customers for him. Yeah, uh, that offer went work on me because I don't like to gamble. I drink, you know, wine for dinner, but I'm not going to go through that much booze at a yeah, casino. Nobody's losing money on you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so he doesn't want people like me in his hotel. He wants yeah. people that like to gamble and drink. Yeah. And so that's a multi, what we would call a multi-stage uh, offer that has four deliverables. We usually target three to five. But let's take it back to your question. How does the process go? Well, when somebody comes in, we get on a call and we, we spend about 30 minutes asking them questions uh, to figure out a number of things. One, do they have a problem we can solve? And I'm talking about a first-time offer for our business. And at the end of the, uh, that, those questions, if, if we believe we can actually help them solve a problem, we give them a short presentation. And then at the end of the presentation, we make our first-time offer, which has five deliverables. Stew pack had four, we have five, should be a minimum of three, maximum of five. And at the end of that call, either they are a customer or they are not. Right. And this first time offer, and I'll tell you, I mean, we have it on our website. Our first engagement with anybody, doesn't matter the size of company, our first engagement with you is $497. And we try to deliver $5,000 of value for that. So are those five deliverables in that $497 package? Yep. Is it? Wow, that's pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, and, and we try to structure them so that anybody looking at that would know that if they got any one of those four, that alone would be worth at least $500. Yeah. How long did it take you, Craig, to come up with this? Like this, you know, the, yeah. the five deliverables? Because you must have put a lot of thought into this. I, I did. I put yeah. a lot of failure in it to well, yeah, leading up you know, to that. Yeah. I was being polite. I, you know. <laughs> no, no. It's part of the story. I mean, yeah. it took me 18 months of fumbling around just to start to get it right. Right. Uh, my first first time offer, nobody wanted it, nobody understood it, nobody bought it. Yeah. And uh, 18 months later, I sort of started getting things working. And then over the last five years, we've really been dialing it in and formulizing it. Uh, so it, it's, it's kind of an ongoing creation. I would say to get it to the point where we had clarity on it had to be three to five deliverables. And there's a few other things that are critical in there. That probably took altogether three, at least three years, at least yeah. three years to figure out 
that we needed that that the three to five had to be one of the elements. So how did you get the feedback from your audience that was telling you how to keep pivoting? Well, it was mostly uh, either they understood what we were offering and they said yes. Yeah. Or they they acted when they acted confused. We're like, okay, we need to go in, right? Dial this in a little. It's one bit. of the hardest things to do. Yeah. It's like to to get these things right. I've been through like a lot of these failures uh, that I've had. I, I should have a wall full of them, you know, of trying launches and things like that. And sometimes you just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and saying, "I think this is going to work." I think I read a book on this one, you know. Yeah. So uh, God bless you for for cracking the code. So now, where do we sit now with? Um, going along that journey and you've delivered the five deliverables and people are starting to really get the vibe of what you're offering, where do they go next in the process? So for us, so there, there are two options and it depends upon how, you know, it depends upon what you're selling. Usually the more, if it's a super expensive offer, you may have to add a, a second step. You know, so the first time offer is like a coffee date. Yeah. The next step, if you have a super high ticket offer, it's like a dinner date okay. where you do, you take some of the elements from the first time offer and you know, principles and you apply them to what we call an excite to escalate offer. Uh, and, uh, but some people can combine those two stages. We can, uh, and usually the next step is the high ticket offer, right. which could be, and high, and high ticket is high ticket to whoever's paying the writing the check. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Typically five, six, seven figures. Okay. Do you find that uh, there are people who buy very, very quickly and those that take forever? Do you have that challenge? I would say it's not a challenge. For us, it's a filter. Okay. So, um, you know, my unique personality, I if you want to torture me, put me in a room full of indecisiveness. And so... Yeah. As a part of our process, when we make the first time offer, we, we just tell them, you know, look, one of our core values is decisiveness. Yeah. And we know this is an insanely good offer that if you put it in front of a qualified buyer, their answer should be yes. If right. they have to think about it, they will be a bad fit for us. Yeah. And so, um, that's, so for us, you know, we get on a call and by the end, uh, at the end of one hour, they're either a customer or they're not. Now they're, they're a customer at $500, which, you know, we don't make money. You know, usually with the deliverables, we put in a very nice binder and send it out to them. And it costs us a hundred dollars just to produce that binder. Yeah. So th this isn't a moneymaker for us. It's, right. it's more of a filter and it's, again, it's like the coffee date. We want to figure out if we're a fit for them. We want them to figure out if we're a fit, you know, if we're a fit. Yeah. And you know, sometimes at the end of a coffee date, you say, you know what? You're an incredible person. I don't think we're incredible together. Yeah. And that's okay. Sure. Just yeah. doesn't fit. Well, that, that is a good filtering system because you're, you have to protect your time too. Right. Because you're investing. Yeah. yeah. So when you first came up with this idea, um, this was like a transformational thinking. Was it just an epiphany, like it just hit you? Or was it a process that you worked on for, for a long time? Like the whole concept. Right. You know, Sir Isaac Newton said, if, if I've managed to see farther, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. And there are some giants who, who dwarf me, whose shoulders I'm standing on. 
And, and I would go back to the Columbia House Records or Bob yeah. Stupak. Right. You know, so these principles have been out there. Um, the reason my first time, first, first time offer failed was uh, a couple reasons. One, I was selling something a lot closer to Columbia House Records, 13 albums for a penny. Right. And <clears throat> for higher ticket items, you, the complexity of your first time offer needs to match the complexity of your product or service. Okay. So that was one problem. The other problem I had was um, I, my first first time offer was addressing a pain I knew they had, but they didn't know they had. And right. so, um, and so a lot of it was just, it, it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of, um, studying, you know, behavioral economics and psychology to try to figure out, you know, what are the, what are the levers that when these levers are flipped in somebody inside someone's head, they will more likely move forward. And, and a common one, you know, Robert Cialdini, you know, famous, famous uh, person in the field of compliance, getting people to do things. He has a principle called consistency, that once somebody acts in a particular way or says they will act in that way, probability of them acting in that way in the future goes up significantly. Wow. So once you convert somebody to a customer, remember I said at the end of one hour, either they're a customer or not. Yeah. Once they act like a customer once, the probability of them acting like a customer again goes up significantly, exponentially. That is really good for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so in terms of kind of putting it together, it, it was studying what others have done. And I mean, if, if uh, and honestly, I don't, I don't think there's any great genius in what I've done. I've, what I've done is I've looked at other people who've done and achieved different things. And then I pulled elements from each of those to kind of put this together. Do you have a favorite win or customer or, or, or segment that you could share with us that was memorable for you? Well, there's one that's kind of funny. Um, you know, for years I would go into banks and say, hey, are you giving out free samples today? You know, I always, <laughs> always had this fascination figuring out how to do a free sample from a bank. Yeah. And we had a client that did a commercial construction um, and his customers were actually investors that were looking for ways to park money to multiply it quickly. And his challenge was bringing in new investors, you know, because like we said, you know, don't know you, don't trust you, don't want to give you my million or $5 million to invest in your project. Yeah. And uh, one of his big um, target customers, investors, were people who manage family offices. And you know, you figure their job is they have to find new and exciting investments for their client. They can't go back to their client and say, Hey, we put all of your money in a Vanguard fund. Yeah. You know, that's not going to keep them in the family office business. Right. And so for him, th this is still my favorite first time offer. We, um, his average project value was $40 million. I said, let's carve out a half million dollars worth of shares. And we're going to put those into five blocks. And when you're approaching a new investor, here's what you say. You know, you tell them about what you're doing and you say, you know what? I'm not here to ask you for a million or five million or, or whatever, because we only want to work with investors that we know we're closely matched with. And the way we do that is we want you to buy $50,000 worth of shares in this project. And as soon as you buy those $50,000 worth of shares, 
we're going to immediately match that with another $50,000 worth of shares. So you will immediately double your client's money. That gives you a success story that you can take back to your client, say, hey, we're testing out this new investment. The only thing we know is we just immediately doubled your money. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's actually an offer where I achieved what I wanted to do for years was find a way to give away free money, uh, free samples. <laughs> and you know, one of the questions I get from very smart people, they're like, well, Craig, who's paying for that? And I got that from the client. Yeah. I said, do you have a marketing budget? He said, yeah. He said, I said, we're taking 250K out of your marketing budget. We're moving it over here. Because <laughs> guess what? That's going to make your marketing easier. Yeah. And you're going to pick up five new investors. You know, they're going to be minority investors in this project, but it gives you a chance to work with them. They get to see what it's like working with you. Um, it takes a lot of risk out for them. And they, uh, if presuming things go well, presuming you take care of your investors partway through the project, they're going to ask you when your next project is because yeah. they, they're going one park one to $5 million in that. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, best place for people to reach you. Where should people connect with you, Craig? So they can come to our website, which is allies for me. Dot com and that's a l l i e s the number four m e dot com and I actually have a gift for your audience two gifts okay so I talked about how I made a lot of mistakes in the process right well we've made a guide to help people avoid those mistakes okay and so uh, that's one part of the gift the other thing is we're given twenty three days access uh, to a self paced course to help you do the the uh, put together first time offer. And the reason we're limiting it to 23 days is I don't know about you, but I've signed up for free courses that people have offered. I've never gone and taken them. I've never, I was like, Oh yes, I'll take that. But then I never put it to work. Right. We're in the business of changing lives. We want people to put this to work. And we know that if we put a 23 day limit on it, it'll create a sense of urgency where they'll go in and actually do it. We see it in the analytics of people who are doing that. And so if, if your audience wants those two gifts, all they do is go to alliesforme.com slash FTO23 for okay. first time offer, 23 days access. Nice. And they will get those gifts. Um, they'll probably hear from me. If you have any questions, let me know. We want to change the way high ticket sales are done. We believe it is broken. Yeah. This is awesome. Of course, we're going to put all of these links in your show notes and people can support Craig and his business. And thank you for uh, bringing your lovely wife, your bride. Yeah, yeah, Karen. She was awesome. She was she stood in for you yesterday and she did a fabulous job. She's, yeah, she stood on. Well, you know, she stood in for me in bigger ways than that. She's, yeah, I'm sure. I'm she sure. is the reason I'm breathing oxygen these days. Yeah, yeah. I know we didn't get into the uh, your COVID story. Uh, but Craig almost died from COVID and was really very close. And uh, God just was not ready to take you. So we're glad you're here. Well, thank yeah. you. So listen, in parting, I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of podcasting uh, your global career. And I just want to wish all God's blessings on you, your family, and your business moving forward. Thanks for being here, Craig. Thanks, James. Yeah. Good God bless. Here. God bless.
Hey, if you guys like what's going on here, please leave a great review in the Apple Podcasts. I've left a simple review process in the show notes and we'd really appreciate it. And also, don't be shy. Forward this to your best friend because you know they need it. Hey, if you need some coaching, hit up the link in the show notes. It's calendly.com forward slash dharmic. And you can take a little chance with me and I'll get you on your way. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery Take a ride with me